everybody. Welcome to Making It, a weekly podcast about how to build a great business, produced by Enterprise. Your 6am briefing on finance, business and economics in Egypt. This season is brought to you by CIB, the partner of choice for CEOs and leaders of businesses at all stages of their growth stories. By the United States Agency for International Development, which has a 40-year history of inspiring Egyptian success in partnership with the government and the people of Egypt. And by EFG Hermes, the leading financial services corporation in frontier emerging markets, helping businesses realize their full growth potential. Your host today is Hashem, Enterprise's Executive Editor. Marriages are not easy, especially with a full house. Launching a hot tech startup isn't easy, especially in Egypt, where the fight over VC funding, talent, and the struggle of getting high-speed internet are tough. Now imagine having to do both with the same partner in a world where divorces are now the norm and most tech startups end up failing in their first few years of business. Among the great, tired Silicon Valley cliches are cult-like founders trying to foster loyalty from employees and partners under the guise of a family. Well, what if that was taken literally? What if your work husband or wife is really your husband or wife? What if the stakes of failing forward impacts the people you love the most, especially when you're banking on a tech startup in Egypt making it? Luckily, we have with us two people here who know exactly how to answer that. Abir Sisi and Karim Sahi are the husband and wife duo behind Elves, the app that connects people with personal assistance that'll book your flights, get you flowers on Valentine's Day, or recommend a good restaurant nearby. You name it, they'll do it. Karim, who is the CEO, and Abir, who goes by the title of Head Elf, and not as popular legend would have it, Santa Claus, co-founded Elves in 2016, and they now have 650,000 users. The company shot to fame after closing a $2 million seed funding round back in December 2017, the largest seed round in the region's history at the time. As their business grows, so too does their family. The couple met up with us only a few days before welcoming their third child to the world. Quick disclaimer, this episode has one bad word for you shy listeners to look out for, so we hope your little ones took the school bus this morning. Yeah, this was uh, stressful getting you guys here with um, with a baby on the bo- on board. Yeah, so it was fun. Our third guest here. Um, yeah, I read it to our listeners. By the time you're hearing this, by the time this podcast episode airs, we they are going to be the proud parents of a third boy. Boy, yeah. any names picked out? Yes. Nothing yet. <laughs> I guess not. Oh, no. Well, you have time. We have time. You have time. Yes, we have until yeah. after tomorrow. So Really? Yes. How long does it take them to remember names? Like when, like, because you can really give yourself a little space there, you know? I'm planning to just get to know the character of the baby and then figure a name then. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Is that how you're done right. with your previous kids? No. Got um, to know them first. <laughs> <laughs> the first one was challenging. The second one was easy. What are their names? If you don't mind us asking. Zane and Alex. Zane and Alex. Beautiful names. Mm. Beautiful names. Thank you. Can we talk about your guys' childhood for a little bit? Because that's something that we want to do here on the show is ask you guys about your favorite toys and your favorite games growing up. Give us a little idea about who you guys are, 
and how that may or may not have helped you guys build this great business. I've been playing Civilization since I can remember. Yes, me too. <laughs> Civ? Yeah. Civ? Like from one. Like no way. From the absolute I got beginning. started with three. <laughs> Civ 3. Actually, some of the design uh, in our current console where like the elves used to chat with uh, the users is built on some of the ideas uh, out of there, like lenses and stuff where you can see different things in different colors so that you can understand. Um, you can have some things uh, uh, more. The on tile, the, the colored yeah. tiles yeah. I could see. That's amazing. I didn't know the that. The same colors, yeah. My fav- <laughs> it's my favorite video game. Yeah. I, I got it secretly on the office laptop. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> oh, no. In uh, my office is very obvious. Like, yeah. <laughs> like we'll be like screencasting and it's playing in the background. <laughs> How did that help beyond like, you know, the visual inspiration? inspiration um tactics uh, uh originality I, I don't know i i just kind of always been sucked into it and um building blocks a lot i ended up being an architect so i was kind of a bookworm especially when i was younger me too i actually was yeah what about you Javier? i was the the girl in the family that fixes everything at home <laughs> so yeah anything that was busted my dad would just choose to outsource that to me instead of taking it somewhere to be fixed and um I, awesome. I enjoyed that like i i didn't want to use electronics without understanding how it actually works so i'd open things apart and then put it together what was your favorite thing to have pulled apart and like played with a radio. Electronics? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Radios. <laughs> nothing as complex the as washer. a computer? No, nothing as complex <laughs> as a computer. No. Nice. And uh, what do you get for your kids? Do you put a lot of thought into that? We like, do. Uh, a lot of things around coding. Uh, I think that's kind of central. Uh, you know, uh, both physical and um, on their iPads and stuff like that. Are they taking to it? One of them is. Yeah. <laughs> One it takes time. Yeah. I think it, ne- it needs a lot of patience. Yeah. And they're getting mm-hmm. there. You guys planning on Legos. hiring them? Eventually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get down to business. Um, for those of our listeners who don't know elves, we recommend you get an internet connection immediately. <laughs> but some of you we like, so we'll save you the time to go Google this. So how about in your own words, you tell us about elves and what it is you do. In a nutshell? <laughs> in a nutshell or not? No, go for it. Elves, to me, I'm, I'm one of the heaviest users as well of Elves. And um, again, it's it's just my personal assistant. It does everything for me. I have my travel planners. I have my personal shoppers. I have the people that pay my bill. So they do everything. And currently with my status, busy mom, pregnant mom. So it's always, I don't have time to do anything for the kids at the moment or run around doing errands. And I just outsource my to-do list to them and they take care of the whole thing for me. How do they do that? Well, we have a kind of complex operational background and um, everything is split. So you have the elves that chat with you and then you have the elves that either go and do the shopping for you. Then you have the the purchasing departments. So we have several different departments that each one takes care of part of it. Right. And just so we're clear, these are not little people from the North Pole that Mm. you guys outsource. (laughs) They're not. The idea is we're trying to build a better Siri. If you think about Siri or Alexa or any of these digital assistants, they're going to be very, very important in the future. What they'll call skills, right? So Alexa has like 20,000 skills. I can say, hey, Siri, uh, what's the weather like outside? Right? Hold on, actually. It's currently partly cloudy and 31 degrees. That is awesome. This is unscripted, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Siri are building this. They're kind of anticipating what a user would ask for. And they're developing a script that will eventually, uh, you know, with an API, execute through like weather.com. So that's useful. I'm able to find out what the weather's like outside. Right. And that's a skill. It breaks down quickly because there's not a whole lot they can do. 
right? If you, even 20,000 isn't a very big number. Um, I'm not a fan. <laughs> well, yeah, because they're not there yet. The idea of having sort of like a Jarvis like 10 years from now that can do anything and execute on anything is going to be profound. It's going to be uh, probably the biggest game changer since computers. As you're uh, building towards these skills, uh, there are a lot of different methods. And we kind of built one that's unique in the sense that um, it's being generated, right? So these skills are being generated instead of them being kind of like foreseen and kind of built out. Uh, they're generated by uh, having machine observe two humans, uh, one the user and the other the elf, and begin trying to replicate for the next user what the elf did for the first user. So the elf will go out of their way and do whatever it takes to get your request done. If it's, you know, picking up dog food, if it's changing your flight, whatever it is, right? Ordering a London cab is really popular here. And then over time, uh, the machine starts to interject from the elf side. And, you know, with basic machine learning, you have like a confidence rating, right? So uh, the more often it gets something right and a human kind of agrees or tells it that it got it right, uh, the higher the confidence rating. And once the confidence rating on like sentence hits like 98, 99%, it starts to go out automatically and the human doesn't need to get involved until the next question. And you end up with, we're, we're at about 60,000 skills now. Wow. Right? And um, you think about, you know, that rate of increase, that's right. really what matters. But if you can get to a place where you have millions of skills, that's really AI, right? I mean, it's not sentient AI, but the odds of... I think they call it in the dark arts of tech machine learning. Yeah. So yeah. it's all built on machine learning. Right. Just positive and negative affirmation that the computer got it right. And it's like a human in the loop uh, assisted AI kind of thing where the human's saying, yes, right? They got it right. Or no, they got it wrong. And the human can go and write whatever they want. And that's also saved as an alternate for future. Tell us a little bit about the origins of elves. What was the reason behind finding it? What was the inspiration? The first one we did, this was back in college, studying architecture. I was working on my thesis and I had a full-time job in an architectural firm. And I started outsourcing my job to some people I'd met in Egypt while I was here. And it was great for a while. And I tried to scale that, built this platform around, um, you know, that lets architects in the U.S. Uh, collaborate with architects in Egypt. And it was fine. It wasn't like big. But at one point, I hired a couple of call center guys here in Cairo to do like lead uh, generation and sales uh, for me or appointment setting so I can go meet architects while I'm there. The folks that we were trying to sell to were a lot more impressed with the call center people and wanted to hire them to do lead gen and appointment setting for them. We were early 20s. We ended up with several hundred employees inside of a year. It was kind of a crazy time. Oh, wow. And also uh, at that time, uh, you know, Abir always handles uh, the people, right? So she, you know, has hired maybe couple thousand people or so yeah. and uh, can i ask you about that like how tough was it to scale up mm -hmm. something like this because uh, if you hired that many people in such a short amount of time how do you manage to like get the business functioning efficiently it's always a challenge but i think going through a rigorous recruitment uh, cycle is always very important um, knowing what you want knowing what the clients want and then going in day in and day out just to make sure that you have the right clientele for it. And again, back then, there was a lot of young people, undergrads, that would want these jobs. And it was easy to hire for that because we worked around the clock, worked mainly with the U.S. and Australia as well. We got comfortable building large teams. 
picking up that ability uh, or lack of fear of building a large team uh, was kind of central in how we decided to do elves. One of the reasons why we made this podcast is originally part of us here at Enterprise, one of our challenges is scaling up. How do you grow um, a business that requires such a specific skill set and talents that are kind of not easily readily available? Uh, do whatever you have to do to get the right people. Whatever you have to do. Whatever yeah. you have to do. It's all about the right people. Build the right team and the rest kind of falls into place. Do you guys dedicate a lot of time and money into training? Yes. I assume. and Training and recruitment. How brutal are you at like cutting, you know, dead weight? I'd like to be more brutal, <laughs> but it's not brutal enough. <laughs> That's her domain. I'm not. <laughs> so you guys have like a mix of, you know, coders and non-coders. Um, do you guys hire people to liaise directly with customers or um, non-coding people on staff? Or is it primarily just techies? So we cut the elves and the elves are customer facing. Right. And uh, we handle the, the tech team handles us more like um, uh, the elves are their clients. Right. So they report the bugs, they report any new features that they prefer to have. So they're always, you know, relaying anything that the customer mentions about the app or any uh, new technology back to the tech team. And then they take it from there. Yeah. Our, our elves are quite, quite diverse. So we've got some doctors on the floor. We've got right. mechanical engineers. We've got undergrads. We've got people from marketing backgrounds and finance backgrounds. Does that make it easier to hire? It does because it's... You're not constrained. You're not constrained. And everyone, you're not looking for someone that has a specific kind of background. You're looking for a specific characteristic, right? Someone that's got the empathy, someone that's got resourcefulness. And um, intelligence, intelligence. Yeah. So you're looking for certain qualities in a specific person, not a specific background. How do you spot that in an interview? So uh, we'll do like Facebook ads for employment. Like we don't use any th- recruitment for, agencies. Yeah. So like she highlighted the three important things for us for recruitment, empathy, intelligence and uh, resourcefulness. And you can use Facebook to you know, create a cohort of, of, of that, right? So for empathy, we'll only target those ads to people that have worked in uh, like a nonprofit or or something indirectly uh, and stuff like that. You know, it's a little bit more expensive to do, but uh, the results uh, are much, much better. MateyNet is brought to you in association with USAID. For 40 years, the American people through USAID have invested over $30 billion to inspire Egyptian success in partnership with the government and the people of Egypt. So more on the business side of things, um, how are you guys generating revenue? So with every transaction that you're doing on ELF, right, as diverse as it is, when the ELF understands what it is you want, they generate a checkout link for you and you're paying them. It goes through Stripe. It's a U.S. company, right? So it's very secure. And we start watching where the transactions are going. So when we start off, we're not making money from anything. You're never, as a user, you're never paying a single penny more than you would if you'd have gone direct. And then we start looking at where the volume is going. We start building deals with those companies. Uh, My partner, uh, Ahmed Esim, and I will look at uh, transactions for the month. And we'll look at the top three. And we'll go pursue deals with them. So, for example, um, up until maybe about a year ago, every hotel we sold was the same rate as anything you'd find online. And we wouldn't make any money. Uh, We signed a deal with Booking. And now we can make up to 30% of the money that's going through us. Mostly B2B is how you're... Yeah, so we make all the money from that side. So the user is never paying a single penny. The whole point here is not to build some concierge service where... You pay a premium uh, or anything like that. Or anything like that. This is completely democratizes for everybody. Uh, the idea is to build a better Siri for everybody, and that can't come with a membership fee. And then a lot of times the ads actually don't know who our partners are. 
So they don't give you the recommendation based on, okay, we'll make more revenue out of this vendor versus that one. So they don't know. So like you're, you're, we're partnering with a bunch of florists or airlines or anything like that. So they would give you the best suggestion that works for the user. It's very customized. She's insanely customer focused. So it's on us, me and Ahmed to go figure out where the deals we need to get are. So I have to ask this, how important is data then to your business model? It's super important. It's super important. It's, of I imagine, course. Yeah. Uh, data is a really important thing. And with any tech startup, data is central. It's how they behave that matters. So when we look at stuff now, it's like awesome. Like now we look at it and all of the right things, um, like the intent of the user, uh, the stores that the, the user wants to use, they're all like highlighted immediately and it gives us like a confidence rating. And it's really, really cool. But this is like still very new. It had to have a significant amount of data and we're still not even near scratching the surface. How are you guys ensuring that my data will be protected? Well, that's what I meant by uh, it's how we conduct ourselves. Right. You know, so the idea of like trading data or selling data, uh, you know, that's still ridiculously commonplace. We never do that. Uh, Anybody that even enters the office signs an NDA uh, just to like, you know, because if they're in the presence of somebody uh, that's working. It's okay. Um, Is it safe to say that under no circumstances would you see yourself going to an advertising model in a sense where you would use user data? Not while I'm CEO. Absolutely. It's very reassuring. Where is growth for you? What is growth for you? Customer base, venues, countries. It's all about building, you know, that Jarvis, that better Siri. Uh, Everything kind of has to support that. So we need to make money. So the deals have to happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's so it's the tech it's, it's bettering it's the, tech. the tech it's the tech and the data coming into it and making that feasible it's having elves as a one-stop shop for everything you know what i mean where you just go in and and no matter where you are globally you can buy your flight check your check in your hotel and pay your bills and send your wife flowers and combining all these apps together into one place if you yourself or your assistant uh, could accomplish a task using phone and internet elves can do it better Right. It's not about getting you into like some exclusive club. It's not like that. Can we uh, talk about funding? You guys broke records with that. We've upped our seed round from two and a half to four and a half million dollars. It's not fully closed yet. So if there are any listeners, find Ahmed Esm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we closed two and a half. We're working with a VC firm for another mill and change. Uh, and we're raising uh, another mill. And then we're going to try to go raise a series A. Uh, we're going to start around February. Try to raise yeah. uh, 10 out of 50. Somewhere in that range. Wow. And where does that funding going to? In the past, it's all been around the tech, right? So the engineers are quite expensive. Marketing? Yeah. So going forward, it's going to be around marketing. We haven't started marketing yet. We have, I think, around uh, 16 engineers. And these are like some very... um, heavy hitters, right? Uh, both in terms of stack. They're amazing, amazing people, but they're rare. And we're competing with Amsterdam and Germany. Sweden. Right? Yeah. We've lost some pretty, pretty smart guys yep. to Sweden. Well, I don't know how smart they are if they're going that, that somewhere that cold. Daddy, I, but. Hope <laughs> I hope they're listening but to yeah, this. I hope they're listening to this. It's hard to compete um, with, uh, with like Amsterdam, right? Where like, you know, you're 23 years old and you can go three weeks later, you're in Amsterdam. But our salaries are competitive with that. But, you know, the rest of the story is harder to sell. So, yeah, in the past, it's all about uh, engineering. Uh, going forward, it's going to be more around marketing. All right. So I'm going to ask a co- question that could be a little controversial. Um, do you ever see a world where the tech and AI is just so good that you don't need the humans anymore? 
No. The bots take over <laughs> completely. Not in the way we have it set up. I think um, Katie maybe can touch on that point a little bit with all the new bots that they're building through the app. The elves are always going to be there because you're always going to get asked certain questions that the bot's not familiar with. No machine learning has right. been through it. Exactly. Right. So you have the front facing, which is always going to be the elf. And then they filter these questions and then they send things, whether it goes through the flow of the bot or anything like that. But they get to see the questions that have not been recorded before. So they're always working on the long tail of creating new skills. Uh, what's interesting, though, is we have around the same number of L's today as we did six months ago, even though we've quadrupled uh, our user base. Our primary metric is concurrency. How many L's does it take to handle how many live concurrent users? Right now, that ratio, well, it was 125 and it's gone higher. So each person is able to deal with up to 25 people at the same time. That's the only way you make something like this scale, right? Uh, now, as that concurrency goes to like one to 100, you think of the applications, right? Where you're able to use one agent. Think about like a telecom, right? You're able to use one agent for every 100 users. That's right, yeah. Right? I mean, that's a huge game changer, right? That, that's what we look at the most. Right. Um, I was wondering if we can shift a moment and put the spotlight back to you guys just let us know how you how you guys met because part of the appeal of bringing you both <laughs> over here is uh you guys are built family businesses yes and we have. uh oh that is a little bit about yourselves how you guys met the censored bridge <laughs> <laughs> well we met back in college okay he was uh visiting egypt for a year he was uh, born in atlanta georgia and he spent like he was he went to college in savannah and there's this year that he visited Egypt and um, I'm an engineer and so is he. And uh, we met first year of college. And my mom looks at me during application process. She's like, These, this guy looks really big and looks really angry. You got to stay away from that. <laughs> For context, I uh, was going through a phase where I would just wear black. My hair was like down to here. Scary looking dude. <laughs> he was, oh, no. yeah. And then uh, we had a bunch of common friends and... Uh, yeah, did we've the been, romance start first or the professional? Like, did you guys work together first? No, and then no. Kind of evolved, professional or? doesn't matter too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've been uh, together for about 20 years now. Like, since we were teenagers. Yeah. I did not know that. So it's way back. How's that dynamic been? working together and being together for a while probably helped being together for 20 years it right? did oh. definitely help and um, a lot of people ask how challenging it is to be working with your partner mm -hmm. and how things take place i think it's 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 been quite interesting um there's a lot of understanding whenever we've got meetings or business trips or anything like that he knows what i'm going through i know what he's going through so there's a lot a lot of understanding of what's going on and what's taking place and we're in it together so that makes things a bit more easy we also have very uh, separate roles. Like the divide is very clear. So that makes it easier as well. Like the understanding is really, really important. Like, for example, I have to leave just like four days after we give birth. Oh, no. Yeah, that wouldn't go down <laughs> oh, very no. easily. But since she's my co-founder, she understands understand the magnitude. It. Yeah. It's I helpful. Mean, I guess uh, working slash living with your best friend mm -hmm. helps a lot. Yes. Yeah. Business trips are fun. <laughs> <laughs> Would you recommend it? To everybody if a couple came up to you guys now and were like we're thinking of starting a business absolutely together yeah would you i mean if the foundation is good yeah i almost exclusively work with uh, people that are very close to me like ahmed esim's uh, one of my best friends first con a friend the mentor our earliest investor until he like convinced him to hop on board as coo uh, back in january uh, Delilah and Zuhairi Bardu. Like, I mean, we hang out together when we're not at work, working with people that are, it's very close for, you know, you get rid of any like side issues, like trust and like survivability and a lot of that. And that's foundational. That's really important. So I highly recommend, and I worked my brother uh, at the first company. 
And it makes it fun. So we spend a lot of hours together and you might as well enjoy it. Right. If you don't like hanging out with the guy, you're that's a problem. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. 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 If the conflicts happen, whether it's at work or it's in your it's in the home, do they bleed into each other? Like how do you guys keep that kind of like separate? We've been very lucky with that. I don't think we've ever had any. And we've also got it's not just with you guys, because you guys say you guys work with a lot of your friends and a lot of your family. As he mentioned, Kadim, I think with a proper foundation, you kind of have the the understanding of what needs to stop where, you know, and it's uh, Does that automatically compute with other people? Because like I find like some people they just can't, you know, especially if you're working hard and dedicating a lot of your personal time. Yeah. A lot of people find it hard to like separate when the personal and when if that ever did happen we laugh about it there's a lot of times where we've gotten better with uh, experience I mean we fight all the time don't get me wrong right Uh, all of us but like there are certain like rules and limitations kind of that are built into it that uh, that make it healthy like Like what what are rules that you guys have in place We never go to sleep upset, regardless. Never I mean, that's, that's me and her. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> right. And a lot of times when we've had a bad day, I, he, he could head home before I do or I head home before he does. So we have the hour ride of kind of, you know, disconnecting work from home. So we yeah. kind of have some of these guidelines to make sure that, you know, it's split and this doesn't go into that or, or other way around. Do you guys, uh, how much do you guys value alone time? Being constantly like together at work and then at home? Like, is there times where, you know... I don't like alone time. <laughs> Me neither. Like, I mean, like an hour or so every once in a while is good, but uh, I get bored quick. Like, I mean, you play Civ. That's like a yeah. good chunk of your day. Right. That's his morning oh, ritual. Yeah. <laughs> That's my morning ritual. Yeah. He's like, he goes into his office. Fact, you know, Civ is a really long game. So you have it like on in the background a lot. Too, right. <laughs> so, like I'm in the office and like things are slow. Scroll over. <laughs> uh, next turn. Always hit next turn. <laughs> um, to kind of like wrap it all up. Me as an investor. Why would I buy a share in your company? We've been very lucky with investors. We have a ton of great investors. We have almost 70 investors. It's not easy to raise that kind of money here. I mean, it's better now. It's much better now, right? But it's still not that easy. You have to kind of go out on a limb and try to, you know, uh, make things happen. I think everything we're doing is invention. So this doesn't exist. This isn't a localization of, of something that's worked before, right? With all respect, of course, to like all the startups that are doing that, uh, that's great. It's still super hard, but we don't have a roadmap, right? So this isn't, you know, Kareem versus Uber. This isn't something that, you know, you've seen the playing field and you know the playbook. Um, You're building it as you go along. Yeah, yeah, we're making shit up and, and hoping for the best in a lot of cases. But if this works, this is huge. This is, you know, this is be something in the hands of potentially billions of people. Like, I mean, imagine a Jarvis that can do anything like this is like some Iron Man stuff. Like this is this is real. And I think if you're investing in venture, those outliers are the ones that kind of matter, right? If you look at it as like a, a stack, it's not, it's a risky investment. It's always going to be a risky investment. So the hope has to be that it is anywhere from a 10 to a hundred, maybe even a thousand X return, right? Anything less than that, your portfolio doesn't work. So with that in mind, Elvis is the kind of place where if it works, it, you know, it'll change the world. A little more conceptual question here. Um, what company Abir do you admire? An Egyptian one or? No, anywhere, <laughs> any company, any company. Like where, what business would you say you draw inspiration from? They like Apple. <laughs> yeah. Apple? What about you, Kareem? Probably SpaceX. You're an Elon Musk guy. Yes. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> no, but really, I mean, pushing the boundaries. I mean, uh, modern day exploration, you know, and there's not a lot of frontier left. Khalas, yeah. Yeah. 
That's yeah, awesome. We were, we were born too late <laughs> after Columbus and like not soon enough to when we were actually like on the out contrary. There. On the contrary, so? this is exactly you think Columbus. It's happen? Like people will like yeah. in our lifetimes. That's exactly what they said. See someone going to Mars two or three years before Columbus set off. Oh, that's what uh, they were saying. Right. Well, you know, I'd like to do that. Go to space, but. I'm not too optimistic. No, no, it'll definitely happen in your lifetime. I don't it know, might I'd be have enough money. Yeah, that, 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 that's the challenge. That, and it's also it. probably going to be a one-way ticket, so that might not be uh, <laughs> as interesting. The first uh, batch. Well, thank you guys so much for stopping by, and Alf Mabruk. Thank you, Jim. Thanks a lot. And uh, please let us know what you've decided to name him. Will do. Two days later, Karim and Abir welcomed their little bundle of joy, little baby Gabriel. And on behalf of everyone here at Enterprise, we'd like to wish them congratulations. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you want to comment or maybe suggest a guest, send us an email at makingit@enterprise.press. That's makingit@enterprise.press. Making It is produced by Enterprise, your morning briefing on business, finance, and economics in Egypt. Subscribe today for free at enterprise.press. Did you like today's episode? Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your shows. Did you love today's episode? Like us or give us a five-star rating and a review to help others discover us. Next week's episode will be out on Friday at 8 a.m. This season is brought to you by CIB, USAID, and EFG Hermes. And that's how we're making it. <laughs>